goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bo Scouts goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome indeed to your Monday Rush Hour here on 77 Talk Radio, WABC. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800 800- 848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Indeed, a lot to discuss. Strange thing is going on, of course, with the, with the schools. The new school year began in many places uh, late last month and early this month. And already we've got a plethora of stories coming from various schools around the country. Of course, events... In the United Kingdom are still unfolding. Some of them worth maybe discussing, if you're interested. Some of them, who knows. Uh, there's some polling out in Florida that seems a little bit weird to me. The polling suggests that perhaps Charlie Crist is closing in on Ron DeSantis and Val Demings there. Uh, congresswoman from Florida who claims she's a former police, a law enforcement official, but she's a stone liberal. And and that polling says she's closing in on Senator Marco Rubio in that state. I don't believe it for one moment. Uh, Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, our friend, a friend of this program, will be joining us hopefully a little bit later this half hour. And we will catch up with Senator Johnson, as you may or may not know. Senator Biden called Senator Johnson out by name in his attacks on the MAGA, the ultra MAGAs that he has been running around the country dealing with. I see someone has called in already to talk about the drowning incident that happened in Coney Island, which was miserable, of course. I want to get started, though, with the schools. And we can tie this in. You know, that professorette at uh, Carnegie Mellon is still running her mouth about the queen. We can talk about that. But I want you to hear what a teacher in, of all places, Texas, Franklin High School in El Paso. Now, we played, I believe we played the original uh, audio of this weeks back. But this has erupted into a full-fledged, news story across the nation now. And I want you to hear, some of you may be hearing it twice, as I mentioned, what a woman by the name of Amber Parker, a 53-year-old teacher, English teacher at Franklin High School in El Paso, Texas, 
the exchange that she had with her students. Go ahead. Stop calling them that. You're not allowed to label people like that. What? Stop it. Don't judge people, the teacher says, just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Just wait a damn second here. The Texas teacher that said that, Amber Parker, according to the Daily Mail, has been fired after she was caught on tape instructing students not to use the word pedophiles, but instead use the term minor attracted persons. This is an English class she's speaking about, and so I, now who in the world knows what lesson they were teaching that the word pedophiles even came up. But then she made the remark, not just to Diego, who was apparently not going for it, but to her class that they should not call pedophiles that horrible word. They're minor attracted persons. The school district, when they were informed of the incident, which occurred last week, initially suspended the teacher. The Independent School District Board of Trustees then unanimously voted that they would fire her. It's not clear in what context the discussion had been taking place. That was my question. It was, according to some students, part of a class debate that was going on as they prepared to read the book, The Crucible, which I have never read. I'm fairly well read. And I think that was one of the books that I managed to avoid. By the way, do they teach Shakespeare in school and high school anymore? Is that forced on kids? I had the roughest time trying to get through Shakespeare, and I wonder how many of you did too. Of course, we were told that Shakespeare was the greatest writer ever lived. Blah, 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 blah. If he's the greatest writer who ever lived, why is it so difficult to read him? I think that there are a number of great writers. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm fairly well read. I mean, among my favorite authors, Herman Hesse, certainly I think was told better stories than Shakespeare. Um, I, in my humble opinion, and so many others. But The Crucible, I missed that one. The Carnegie Mellon professorette, who wished as the queen of the United Kingdom was dying that she had or that she would experience a horrific, excruciating death, it's still not backing down. This would be Unja Anya. She's an applied linguistics professor at the Boston University. She's the daughter of a mother from Trinidad. Her father's from Nigeria. She told NBC News that she is a child of colonization. And her perspective was shaped by Britain's role in the Nigerian Civil War. 
My earliest, my earliest memories, she said, were living in a war-torn area and rebuilding still hasn't finished even today. She said that uh, Queen Elizabeth was a representative of a cult of white womanhood. The cult of white womanhood. She's teaching at Carnegie Mellon. I wonder whose cult founded that school. It certainly wasn't the cult of Trinidad and Nigeria. This is the Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Technical difficulties. We apologize. I apologize. We're back. Barry White, whose birthday is today or would be today. Barry would be approaching. 80, I believe. When you give it up. A one in a million voice. On WABC Talk Radio 77, speaking of one in a million, how, how old, Kev? 78. 78. Like I said, approaching 80. This voice will live forever. As long as there's music, Barry White's voice will be celebrated. I'm willing to play. We have with us another one in a million. This is a man who I know. I've had the opportunity of having conversations with him in the past that have revealed to me what a deep thinker he is, how much he cares for this nation, and how much he cares for the people of this nation. And he cares enough not to lie. He cares enough not to fluff it up. Just for the sake of sound bites, we're talking about Senator Johnson, Wisconsin. Senator, how are you today? I'm doing great, James. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, except I'm a little upset. The president of the United States called you out last week. He's been going on to tear this whole uh, ultra MAGA people are horrible for democracy. They're trying to ruin democracy. You're trying to take the country under. And he called you out by name as being one of those people. What in the world, why, first of all, your response to President Joe Biden, sir? Well, unfortunately, President Biden uh, is the most divisive president in my lifetime. Now, I was on the platform when he took his oath of office, gave his inaugural address. Eight times during that speech, James, he said his number one goal is to unify and heal this nation. He has done the exact opposite. And, And let's face it. It's not the MAGA crowd that's dividing this country. We want to unify and heal it. It's the left. It's always been the left. It's the radical left. They hate this country. Their leaders do. I mean, I always ask the question, do you even like, much less love something you want to fundamentally transform? And, you know, Obama, as a candidate, said he was going to fundamentally transform this nation. Biden has paired to the exact same phrase. And now we're seeing what that fundamental transformation looks like. It's open borders. It's 40-year high inflation, record gas prices, rising crime. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horror show of uh, left-wing governance, left-wing policies is basically destroying this country. They're fundamentally destroying this country is what they're doing. So, you know, yeah, I mean, all they have is lies. I mean, they, they can't talk about their record. It's a disaster. So all Come they on. can do in is, is lie and smear, assassinate characters and— engaged in politics, personal destruction. That's all they got. The vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, says that our border, she was on uh, one of the Sunday shows, 
the uh, uh, Todd Meet the Press, which used to be a well-respected Sunday show. Uh, she said that the borders of the United States are secure. And this is in spite of the fact that right now we are on pace to have a historic number of illegal crossings into this country. If the numbers hold up, we may be looking at over 6 million, 6.4 million illegal entries into this country, which would be the largest number of illegal immigrants crossing, crossing into the United States in America's history. She says the borders are secure. Are the borders secure, Senator? No, obviously not. They are, they are as detached from reality as they are from the truth. I've, I've challenged the Secretary Murks on this in hearings. They'll say, you know, this is a crisis, and, and you know, can you at least admit it's a problem? No, Senator, it's, it's a challenge. Um, so for, for them, the solution is more efficient processing and dispersion of people entering this country illegally. Uh, I think the 6 million number you're talking about are illegal crossings. Now, we are returning some still under Title 42. I just had uh, Brandon Judd, head of the Border Patrol unit and, Union, and Mark Morgan, who was head of CBP under both Obama and Trump. Uh, they came up to Milwaukee. We had an event on describing this problem. Together, we figure it's about 3 million people have either been encountered, processed, and dispersed, or come to this country illegally as a known or unknown gotaway. Three million people, put that in perspective, that's a number larger than the population of 17 states. Right. So, so three million, that's a pretty solid number since the start of the Biden administration. Uh, again, the six million is just people coming illegally, and some of those, those have been returned. But again, it's completely out of control. And what has also happened with an open border is it's been this flood of deadly drugs. That, that's how we primarily experienced it in Wisconsin. But as a result of the deadly drugs, every every state's a border state. And I think it's pretty interesting when you listen to these big city mayors just screaming when they're dealing with not even a day's worth of flow, James. But it's, right. They're averaging about 7,000 people per day coming to this country illegally. 7,000 people being encountered a day. And, you know, they, a couple busloads and, and the mayors of New York and and D.C. and Chicago are just screaming about how they can't handle it. Well, go down the southwest border and try and handle it. Exactly. Now, Senator, the attacks on you, of course, have been nonstop ever since you. This has been one of the years that I have never seen attacks, and I'm talking scurrilous attacks. One of the things that you are being accused of, and I'd like you to respond, and I'd like every senior citizen in our listening area to please pay attention to this. And then if you have seen your friends across the country, please let them know the truth. It has been said that you want to destroy Social Security. Now, we hear this. We've heard this every election cycle since the 1970s about Republicans. But you in particular, they're going after saying that you have a plan to destroy Social Security. So I'll ask you up front. Senator Johnson, why do you want to destroy Social Security and hurt the old people in America? I don't. I want to save it and Medicare. Uh, no, th- this is, I mean, it's absurd on its face. I mean, Keynes, just ask yourself. I want your listeners to ask yourself, what elected official has ever said they want to cut or end Social Security? I mean, nobody would ever say that. Exactly. Uh, no, I want to say what I am talking about, though is the greatest threat to Social Security and Medicare is our completely out of control, massive deficit spending and our growing debt. Uh, Social Security trust fund runs out in the year 2035. 
Are we going to have the funds to plus up those benefits to what we promised seniors? That's the question on the table. That's what we're trying to uh, you know, make sure that we have funds available. But when, 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 when we're $30.8 trillion in debt, when you take a look at the average interest rate that we paid on our debt the previous, the three last decades of the last century was 5.4%. If we return to that pretty reasonable interest rate, We've been holding interest rates artificially low to accommodate all this deficit spending. That would add $1.2 trillion to our interest expense per year, which would have to be paid up front if we don't want to default on our debt and cause interest rates to rise even higher. So, no, collectively, most people in Washington, D.C. are just whistling by the graveyard. Uh, I'm just, like you said, I'm, I'm honest. I tell people the truth. This is unsustainable. And if you're concerned about Social Security, as I am, if you want to save Social Security, you have to look at this massive deficit spending and reduce it and stop growing our debt at such a rapid rate. So how would you reduce the spending? And this, how would you try to tell people how you plan to save Social Security? What do we have to do to save it in practical well, first all, terms? Yeah, yeah, first of all, you have to understand the number one component of saving it is to grow our economy. We've just experienced under Democrats, under their disastrous policies, two quarters of negative growth. Probably, you know, probably got on track to have a third uh, quarter of negative growth. Also, you've got to stop and reduce inflation. You know, James, do you realize that a dollar that seniors held at the start of the Biden administration is now worth only 88.3 cents? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is crushing everybody, but it's particularly crushing seniors on a fixed income. So, I mean, again, Democrats can lie about me, and they will lie about me because they got they have nothing else they can talk about, but they are the ones. Their policies are hurting seniors to the greatest extent, and they're the ones that threaten Social Security to a far greater extent because of all this massive deficit spending, which, by the way, is also sparking inflation. So, right. again, it's, it's Democrats that are hiring the seniors, not me. I, I want to save Social Security for seniors, but you have to— in order to save save them, if you want to solve a problem, you have to first admit you have one, and Democrats won't will never admit this, and they'll continue to lie about it. Okay, I want to turn your attention because you have been part of trying to get the truth out about COVID, and I just want to ask you a few questions about COVID, Senator. I think that COVID is the worst scandal in human history, period, bar none, because of the massive misinformation that the media has willingly played along with. Number one, we still don't know the origins of COVID. We don't know, in fact, whether this was intentionally set upon the world by China. Some think in retaliation to them losing a trade war with Donald Trump. But for certain, we don't know whether this came from Wuhan intentionally, whether it was an accident. And if it was intentional, or even if it was accidental, what should be the accountability from China? Number two, We were told that certain drugs that cost pennies on the dollar didn't work. We were told hydroxychloroquine didn't work. We were told that that ivermectin didn't work. There are studies now that point to, and these are peer-reviewed studies that say that information was wrong, that both of those work. We were told that remdesivir was a cure. There are now lawsuits springing up in certain quarters that say, no, that was the wrong approach. But then we were told that the vaccines were, you know, they were fast-tracked, they were safe. Uh, 538 guy, uh, Nate, what's his name, Silver, said one of the stories that he thinks that should have gotten press was, that did not, was the fact that the vaccines were potentially delayed in order to give 
Joe Biden and Edge in the last election. He says that ought to be looked into. Other people say the entire matter of the vaccine should be looked into because there are side effects and there are abnormalities with the number of people dying in young age groups. We're also told that toddlers have to take this vaccine. In some cases, they're being urged and mandated to when, in fact, there is a 0.01% of fatalities among infants. Uh, Then we're told by the mainstream press that if you happen to be one of the frontline doctors, that you've been, you, you, your practice doesn't matter. You can be thrown off social media for stating your belief. So there's been a lot of censoring of information. That's just the tip of the iceberg. If we follow the money, we don't know who has gotten wealthy besides some of the people and some of the drug companies have become billionaires, but we haven't followed the full custody of the money. For instance, Kathy Hochul in New York, just for she uh, was given $300,000 in a donation. She then uh, turned around and gave the contract for COVID testing to the company with where she got the guy that gave her the $300,000. They charged twice as much for COVID tests. They've made hundreds of millions of dollars. There are all kind of what happened to all the PPP money, how much of it was misspent. We could go on and on. Do you think we will? Number one, do you agree that this is a huge scandal, this entire COVID business? And do you think we will ever get to the truth of the pandemic? James, that's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I think we can say first and foremost is that our response to COVID was a miserable failure. Over a million of our fellow citizens lost their lives. I think hundreds of thousands didn't have to had we focused on early treatment. And there was was literally a cornucopia of cheap generic drugs, both on and off label, that work. Uh, But the only thing our federal health agencies uh, focused on were the very expensive patentable drugs, starting with Paxlovid at 500 bucks, doesn't seem to be working all that well. But I mean, the shutdowns were awful. They were a miserable failure. Uh, the, The human toll, the economic devastation of those of what we've done to our children, you know, 1.9 million Swedish school children went to school, no masks, not one of them died. The, the teachers actually had a lower infection rate. You know, the fact that uh, Biden got out here in July of 2021 and, and uh, told what I think was the 2021 lie of the year, if you were, if, you know, it was a pandemic of being vaccinated, if you got vaccinated, you wouldn't get infected, you wouldn't transmit, uh, you wouldn't get sick, you wouldn't die. I mean, it was a lie. And we knew it was, I knew it was a lie back then. Most people, you know, most thinking doctors knew that it was a lie as well. But no, it's been a miserable failure. You know, Bobby Kennedy just wrote a letter to liberals. In that in that letter, he said that there's about a 3.98 trillion dollar transfer of wealth from the middle class to the big tech social media giants. So now, there, yes, our response to COVID was a miserable failure. We should have focused on early treatment. Hundreds of thousands of people would be alive today had we done that. We wouldn't have had the trillions and trillions of dollars of economic devastation, the human toll from that. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the reasons I decided to run, James, because nobody else is advocating for the vaccine injured either. Uh, if, if, if I do survive this, I, I would be chairman of the permanent subcommittee investigation. You can bet I'll be focusing a fair amount of time and attention on on who's accountable for this miserably failed response. How can people help you? We've got 30 seconds left. How can people help your campaign if they're interested, Senator? Ron Johnson for Senate.com. They've already spent $65 million lying about me, smearing me, assassinating my character. Ron Johnson for Senate.com. I'm going to need a lot of help. And if you live in Wisconsin, 
vote for me and get a lot more people to vote for me. I'm running against a radical leftist hiding in sheep's clothing. Ron Johnson, Senator, thank you so much. You tell the truth. We appreciate you in this audience. We know you and we love you. Thank you, Senator. Thanks for what you do. Take care. Senator Ron Johnson, WABC's James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. We're going to do rapid phones when we get back. Don't go away. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, it's out of here. Home run, Ferry Hawks. In Sunday, September 17th and 18th, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks are recognizing their fans with Fan Appreciation Night. Prior to the Ferry Hawks game that Saturday against the Long Island Ducks, your kids get to run the bases. And following the game, they can stay. You can stay and watch the fireworks show. Then on Sunday, on Sunday, you can get team autographs. And the kids run the bases following the game. If you're the seventh caller now at 800-848-WABC, you win a pair of tickets to enter the Saturday or Sunday Ferry Hawks game. Celebrate Fan Appreciation Night with us. That's 800-848-WABC. A pair of tickets to Saturday or Sunday's game are yours. For more chances to win, go to the Ferry Hogs to go to the Ferry Hogs game. Just pay attention. You'll have chances to win all this week on WABC. Or you can go to wabcradio.com/ferryhawks. As promised, we're going to head to the phone. Stevie brings us back. Let us start off with Jacqueline in Brooklyn. How are you, Jacqueline? Hi, Bo. I'm doing good. You know, you opened up with talking about that uh, situation uh, with the terminology of pedophilia. There's actually very famous uh, legislation going on. I believe it's with um, a professor from Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia, a trans professor, that wants the word pedophilia to stop being used, to replace it with uh, a more sensitive type of word, minor attracted persons. Should we now change murderers? to people who want to shorten people's lives to make it less offensive? Well, that would be what they hope. Thank you, Jacqueline. Appreciate the call. Rapid phones we go to Patricia in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Hi, Brooklyn. And Patricia, how are you? Hey, Bo. Um, I just want to say I was horrified about this woman that murdered. She drowned her three kids at the beach in Coney Island. Oh, my God. I can't... I can't believe this. I mean, it's just like the weirdest thing. And then she waited around, right, for the police. I don't know what the hell she did. James, I don't know. But I will tell you, these poor police officers saw, like, a lot of nasty stuff. And everybody's screaming, defund the police. It wants them. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And, Patricia, thank you so much. Let's head to South Carolina. John. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77 with Bo Snurdy. How are you, John? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm a recovering knucklehead from New Jersey. I moved here July 1st. <laughs> Mr. Snurdy, 
love yes. you on your Saturday show. Uh, I, I ask that you uh, repeat uh, websites and things like the album from the guy from Yes. An extra time for folks to grab a pen, especially old guys like me. Not that old, but I usually don't have pen. The guy from Yes had that album. I don't know the name of it. And I will research that myself. And there was a woman who mentioned a book written in 1958 that's an essential read. I don't remember the name of that. I'll investigate that, too, because I don't get to hear you much down here. Yeah, and she was talking about Tony. We were talking about Tony K from Yes. And that's what it was. I'll have to get the name of Tony's album. But thank you, John. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the weather in South Carolina. In Queens, we go to BJ, WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, Snurley, it's Rapid Phones time. Hi, BJ. Hey, uh, Bo, uh, Bob Grant once taught me that uh, in all matters, financial, personal, religious, and relationship and political, uh, Shakespeare was the go-to guy. Uh, Macbeth was the story of Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton written centuries before it happened. Uh, and um, if we screw ourselves to the, our courage to the sticking place, we will not fail. So, uh, oh, one more, more quick thing. If you want to see a great version of Macbeth, then you need to check out Denzel Washington's uh, performance. You will love it. Uh, wow, interesting. Okay, thank you for that. Appreciate that, BJ. Joe in Long Island, you're up next. Rapid Phones here, WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Joe? Good. Um, I was very glad to hear that you had uh, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin on your show, and I urge all Wisconsin Republicans to vote to reelect him. Uh, but what I wanted to say was, you know, there doesn't seem to be a unified uh, message from the Republicans in Washington. There doesn't seem to be any kind of coordinated line of attack against the failed policies of the Democrat Party going into the midterms. Where are they? You know something, Joe? Peter Thiel, the super mega donor in the Republican Party, just said the same thing you did. How pressing it you are. There is no unifying message coming from Republicans. That's because some of them in the establishment are too busy trying to still stab Donald Trump in the back, for one. Uh, so one of the things that we have to do, in lieu of the Republican elected officials not messaging, is we have to carry the message to voters. We have to carry the message to our friends and our neighbors as to why we cannot allow this Congress to remain in Democrat hands for two more years. It is simply too risky for the future of this nation. Judith, you get the last words. 30 seconds, rapid phones. It's on you. Thanks, James. Another reason to vote them out, the Democrats. President Biden has a new bill that he wants to implement, okay, right away, which is the capital gains tax, which is going to be a little different because this time around, if you own a home or anything else, they want to come after the children. If the parents die, they want to come after the children for the taxes. We have 10 seconds left in the show. The, Judith, the, call us back with more tomorrow on this, if this is important. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow with our technical difficulties, and we'll see you then. Catch it night up next. Make sure to keep it here on WABC. Talk Radio 77. See you tomorrow. Bye.